0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to On Purpose. I'm Janice Alpert, where we talk to people who have are working on their purpose or have found their purpose, and they're trying to do it on purpose, and hopefully give everyone a little motivation to figure out what it is they want to do in life that really kind of touches their heart and soul. Today's guest is Leah Simon. I'm very excited. I looked a little bit at her web. Um, site, which is phenomenal, but I'm going to let her tell you what she does and how she got there because I don't even hardly know her. Hi, Leah. Hi. So nice to meet you. Oh, nice to meet Hi. you. Yeah. So yeah, thank you so much for doing this. I'm always so appreciative. So thank you. Thank you. Um, so tell me a little bit like about your growing up and kind of a little bit of your history and to how you got to where you are now, etc. cetera. Sure. Um,
1: so I grew up in Kentucky. Oh. And then I moved around a lot. I went to school at George Washington in DC. Mm -hmm. And I studied in France and London. Oh, my goodness. Then lived in LA, New York, Chicago. And what was taking (gasps) me to different places along the way was um, I was in advertising. Oh, okay. I was a strategist. Mm-hmm. For brands and companies, and a lot of what was responsible, um, what I was responsible for was getting to human insights and understanding human behavior, mm-hmm. why people make choices, why products would be relevant to them, how we can make products more relevant to them. Okay. And during the pandemic, what I realized is how much of the behavior economics that I had studied had helped me in my personal life and how much um, I was leaning on that during this really challenging time. Uh When I tried to recommend a book or a philosophy or program that someone could do, what I found was that when people are overwhelmed, a lot of personal development resources occur as equally
0: overwhelming. Okay. I would say that's probably true as a therapist for sure.
1: Yeah, and I totally get it. It's like when you feel like you're drowning, that is a tough time to learn how to swim. And totally, that's how a lot of people felt. They were struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to figure out a way. To distill all my professional and personal research into something that people could do that would be quick, that would be easy, that would be attractive, that would occur as Mm self-care instead of self-help which unfortunately still has somewhat of a
0: stigma. I I was going to say, but before you tell us that, can I just go back a little bit if if that's okay? Um, So when you were doing all this advertising, was that something that you wanted to do like growing up? Was your family into like, were they big consumers? I mean, how did advertising even start in your life? Sure. So
1: I... After I graduated from school and moved to Los Angeles, Uh I I was in film and television creative development. (laughs) And what my job was then was to identify trends that were going on in culture and pitch networks and studios, TV shows and films that would appeal to different audiences based on cultural trends
0: that I saw happening in the world. Okay. What I'm thinking right now is I am the most avid TV watcher. So I'm, I'm, yeah. So I love TV. I'm always, I mean, particularly during the pandemic, I watched everything. So, but I've always been in, I've just always, I've always wanted to be on TV and I not, not as an actor. I just love, I love the media. I I love, well, not so much the media nowadays, but you know, I love, I love entertainment. That's what I love. So go ahead. So was that something that you, was that what your degree was in or? So I had a
1: I have a degree in liberal arts. Okay, um, primarily because I changed my major a few times. Um, I'm a very curious person, and so mm-hmm. I was studying philosophy. Then I switched to anthropology, okay. and sociology, and eventually um, my professor recommended liberal arts, um, which he described, and I love it as a 19th century gentleman's education. It's okay. sort of this. Being well-rounded, mm-hmm. educated, and kind of all the different um, major pillars. Okay, but I was a filmophile. I loved TV and film growing mm-hmm. and I knew that I wanted to to go to Los Angeles and and help create that. Okay, um,
0: so there was something inside of you that always had a creative bug, and and especially when it came to the arts. Yes. And you felt like, OK, when I graduate, because you were out east, I'm going to fly cross country and I'm going to get into it. And so you did. You went to L.A. and yes, packed up my Honda Civic. Oh, wow. Drove there uh, with just what was in my
1: car. Didn't just- know anyone. You are a brave oh. lady. and within a week I think I was on a set as a production assistant oh my Um, amazing go ahead yeah taking out the trash and picking up cigarette butts from the set and like all the glamorous
0: um things in Hollywood that I had aspired I would do I'm sure you were very much aspiring to pick up cigarette butts but go ahead but you did it because that was your foot was in the door yes Mm-hmm. I did it, you know, got all the actors, their coffee, and then
1: went and started working with producers mm-hmm. and did them reading scripts, pitching new ideas, putting together these pitches for TV shows and networks. Mm-hmm. And I loved the work. Okay. It was very creative. I loved observing culture, looking at different audiences for different studios and networks and what would appeal to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you did you work for a particular network or were you kind of a freelance, like whoever needed you? I worked for producers. Some worked for companies. So there was a company called Three Arts
1: Entertainment, and I worked for a producer there. Mm -hmm. And he would have clients who were writers, um, actors, and we would produce their work and then also read scripts to kind of package work to get
0: our clients into. but you really had no training. You just had like a love of it. And you're a smart girl. Sure. Sure. Wonderful. I love that. <laughs> I love that I, because I, I my whole thing is that if you're going to do your passion and, and do what you love, that it, opportunities, as long as you work hard and you're willing to pick up cigarette butts um, and go from there, you'll you'll get there. So you did all that and you started working for producers and they had right, you said writers and actors and Those were the clients. And so we would read their scripts
1: or what they wanted to do, as well as read new scripts to try and package a film with the talent that we already had. Like we'll put this writer on this or we'll put... um, We have an actor who'd be great as this lead. Mm -hmm. So I loved the work. I I wasn't a, a big fan of just Hollywood and Uh working within that machine Mm -hmm. Um, at the time I was very
0: young and it was still very much a boys club. Yes. Well, I'm already thinking of all the things that might've happened to you that we may not want us, you may not want to share because you know, you're an attractive lady and oh my, and you know, we already know what's going on with Harvey Weinstein and the whole, the whole horrible stuff. Yeah. Yes. What as an assistant,
1: part of your job is what they call it rolling calls. Okay. And that's when your boss is driving around and he needs to call several people and you have a sheet of people he needs to call. Okay. And so you call them, you connect them, and then you put yourself on mute. You stay on the call and take notes. And you're also uh, there because if he says, I'll do this, I'll do that. He doesn't have to get off and tell you, you just know yes. you're okay are out. Yes. Right. But they forget that you're, that you're on the call. Listen. Oh. And so <gasps> as a 23 year old woman, yes, uh, I was definitely oh, my. exposed to some things that were making me a little uncomfortable.
0: I can imagine. I can imagine. So while you love the work, the culture, as you would say, and the climate was a little, um, maybe not totally conducive for a young woman at that time (laughs) in terms of,
1: yeah. Sure. And, you know, it it was partially being a woman, but I think it was also just, um, I went on to be a strategic planner and I'm a strategist. Mm -hmm. I'm very much about seeing a goal creating a goal mm-hmm. and then what are the steps that you take to get there and mm-hmm. in what order mm-hmm. do you take those steps and a career in tv and film is very uncertain yes mm-hmm. and y- you know you are you're working for producers and yes you're reading scripts but you're also planning their wife's baby shower oh, and wow you know you're you're a Glorified secretary, right. no jack way. Of all, kind of a jack of all trades. And, right. Mm-hmm. Working at 80 hours a week. Um, so, but getting to the next step and what the next step is, it's a, a very, <clears throat> excuse me, organic process. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of luck and knowing the right people mm-hmm. involved. So
0: I know if I'm thinking this, a listener might. So anybody famous that you care to share that you work with or you prefer not or... I would, you know, prefer to keep
1: the, the okay. clients and employers, <laughs> but worked on projects like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Okay. Rock. Um, I worked with the writer-director who um, created a short film called West Bank Story uh-huh. with Ari Sandel. And it was this wonderful short musical that was West Side Story, but it took place in Palestine. Oh, okay. It was a falafel stand <laughs> and a shawarma stand, <laughs> yeah. Son and daughter, uh-huh. of the two owners fall in love. Oh, and I thought it was this beautiful take on the sort of. um the the conflict in the middle east yes loved that project
0: okay good okay i respect that but i know if i'm thinking that other people are too like all right did who did she meet back (laughs) then curious minds need to know but okay yeah but okay sounds like you met some people and um all that was good and and then you did move to more of a strategic role but then it sounds like you thought this isn't that stable or how did you or did you stay in that for a while or well so i was just
1: um Trying to get to, yes, as a young woman, it was definitely like a challenging environment. But I think for me, and what I would later be much more clear on about myself, is that I am someone who likes to plan. Mm -hmm. And there are certain careers that don't allow that. Okay, Um, And so I think we're we all are different with uh, comfortable with a different level of certainty and uncertainty. Agree. Really need
0: uncertainty to thrive. Mm -hmm. I am not I am not one of them. Just saying. Go ahead. (laughs) Right. Like that. I like to kind of know. But go ahead.
1: Um, So what I found in advertising was very similar work but with a much more clear and solid career path. Okay. Um and and I really liked the energy and the collaborative culture of advertising and and that's you know it ended up being a wonderful wonderful career.
0: So was that still in LA or how did how did you move from your LA, you know, Hollywood film producing, you know, strategic, getting coffee, whatever, planning showers to advertising? How did that Happen?
1: So I went and I had done some digital marketing, and this was oh. on Facebook, and um, okay. everything was just booming. And I used some of that on films to create kind of grassroots marketing programs. And at that time, agencies didn't have full digital and social media departments. And so oh. I started consulting agencies with how to do digital and social media. Mm -hmm. And um, very quickly moved to New York. Okay. Consulting for different agencies there. Mm -hmm. And then started interviewing for full-time jobs. And it was a very wonderful man, a chief strategy officer who was listening. And he's like, you know, you're very good at digital and social strategy, Mm -hmm. but I really hear... More that you're a brand
0: strategist, that you're really interested in culture and behavior. And, and you knew that about yourself already, like in terms of your own self-reflection or so you already kind of had that feeling inside. I had that
1: feeling, but it, like in many jobs, it's like someone needs to knight you. Mm-hmm. a strategist. Mm-hmm. I like, hear you. Once someone says you are a strategist and mm-hmm. you are like when you're talking about going, I mean, there are many programs you can take mm-hmm. in strategy um, and, and they're great. But until you get in there, that's mm-hmm. when you really learn how to do it. So he, he kind of knighted you
0: and you went, Hmm, I think you might be right.
1: Yeah. You know? so started working there and became the lead strategist for brands like Jim Beam and oh, wow. uh, Sabra which is the hummus they were on uh-huh. my first, you know first favorite clients and then just kept going that's what took me to chicago an agency in chicago mm-hmm. recruited me from there mm-hmm.
0: um, and that was the beginning So of- during during so most of your career sounds like it was in ad- advertising and strategizing and branding and all the time when you did it did you feel inside like yeah this is this is kind of me I really love doing this I love doing it I felt like when I met other
1: strategists mm-hmm. very much our brains kind of all think the same way mm-hmm. and I felt like I was meeting kindred spirits oh. I'm-
0: um, always so helpful.
1: Yes, <laughs> supportive I mean, and supportive. We all need that for sure. Sure. So that was really wonderful to find that community. Mm-hmm. And um as I worked more, for brands and did research, you know, mm-hmm. strategists are the one doing the focus groups you see maybe on Mad Men where someone's behind the glass.
0: Loved Mad Men. Yes. Okay. So that's your job or whatever, but more, but more. I get it.
1: Right. And so we're coming up with the questions and we they there listening, not mm-hmm. just for the answers that people give, but what's underneath mm-hmm. what they're saying. What's the real motivation mm-hmm. um, underneath the questions. So. I loved all of that work. And what I felt myself gravitating more towards was how do I use all this knowledge for something with a little bit higher of a purpose mm-hmm. than selling a product. Mm-hmm. And so very much wanted to work with companies on what they call corporate social responsibility. Oh, okay. so, um, like for, For instance, how is Pepsi supporting clean water initiatives? Love there. If if there's a brand who wants to support something, sometimes my job would be figuring out what makes the most sense for them to support. Mm -hmm. What is a cause that's very much rooted with your brand? Okay. Um, Like Tide, for instance, they had a great initiative where after... Um, natural disasters, Mm -hmm. one of the problems is when people are all kind of displaced and living in a shelter, they don't have clean clothes. Right. And Tide goes in and sets up laundry machines and cleans everyone's clothes during these disasters. First
0: of all, I use Tide and I love that they are a do-gooder company. Now I'm even going to enjoy my laundry that much more. Love it. Okay. And so you were instrumental also in helping those things happen. Right. Um, And
1: I know that we're sort of getting there, but eventually that's why I started this company and -hmm. and started creating these products was when everything was happening in the world. Yes. It it was, it was, I was running out of excuses of how how do I not use this uh, to help people?
0: Oh, Um, Leah, I love that. Go ahead. So yes, now we're getting to where you are now. Yes. So uh, in your head, you thought I, I, I have all this ability and, and knowledge and strategy, strategy mind and cre- you're so I can see creative. I love that when people are creative. Um, how am I going to do this to even help at a higher level? That's kind of what I'm hearing. You know, I really want to put it out there.
1: Yes. And, you know, fortunately, I was in a position where I said, I'm going to give myself six months Mm -hmm. to create this. And I'm on a timeline. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just like me, I created a plan.
0: Step uh, uh, plan. Of course you did. Of course of you I did. I was going to do it.
1: Yep. And I had six months and within a few months I'd created the product. And then because I'm very into research, I did a research round and sent it out to a um, hundred people and then got on and talked to them about what the impact was with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was honestly the longest part of the process was going through that research round and hearing the feedback and then revised it and launched it in January, 2021.
0: Okay. So now we want it. so here's what I love. And I, that I think is so important is that you had this feeling inside. Like I want to do something more for people. I want to give back. And I want, I still want to have a business, but I, and I'm going to do it in a certain way. And so there had to be a planning period, which you did, you gave yourself your six months and did your research. And then you said, okay, I'm ready. So it's, it's like, I've said this before. It's like, you know, I, I think probably by now listeners know that I'm spiritual and I believe in giving back. And that's part of why I did this. Cause I want people to be on their path and on their purpose. And, but we also have to do sometimes, like if I've said this before, I've published a book, but I could, I could pray about it, but if I don't write it, it's not going to happen. You know, you've got to, you got to put in kind of the work. So I love what you're saying that you took the six months, you had the idea, you did your due diligence. Now let's hear about what, what this is and what it's called, what do you call your business? And Let's hear what's and what, and what is it? Okay.
1: So the company is the box co Mm -hmm. and it exists to unpack life's mysteries, meanings, and milestones into simple steps. Okay. There are so many things in life that can be overwhelming and why, you know, in my opinion, if we can break them down, into not this big step okay. we're trying to take, but little steps and if someone has given some thought through which steps you should take in which order, mm-hmm. that's what the boxes do, okay, and they're each guided by a deck of cards, okay, and they're often meant to be done daily because what the boxes are are doing really inherently is creating a ritual of you taking five minutes to take care of yourself and reflect and think about this big
0: thing that you're trying to accomplish. First of all, love it. And I, I'm laughing because if for any of my clients are listening, they, this is like my whole thing. What have you done to take care of yourself? What What's going on? You've always got to spend some time in, in and again, in terms of internal reflection and just what am I doing that's self-caring? And because for each person that's different. So for me, it might be watching a show for someone else. It might be reading a book for someone else it might be taking a walk. It, it's just kind of know thyself. Um, and so this box, it sounds like encourages the person who has it to daily examine, like, so what would be self-caring? I mean, do you have an example? Can you feel comfortable giving an example? Of like what, what might one card say? Or sure. So what?
1: the, the first box that I launched was to really help everyone process the quarantine and pandemic and okay. it's called the comeback box. Okay. And this particular box is what I say, a 28 day cleanse for your head and heart. Oh.
0: Love that. Yeah. There, you know, you hear about all these cleanses for your body and the intermittent fasting and all this other stuff. So this is for your head and heart. Love it. Go ahead. Because often when I love that you
1: talk about the importance of self-care, often when people talk about self-care, it's very much focused on the physical body. Mm-hmm. It's taking a bubble bath, getting mm-hmm. any petty, getting a massage. This is self-care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what the boxes are, particularly the comeback boxes, is self-care for your thoughts and feelings.
0: Okay. First of all, love it. So it's it's not that I don't get a manicure. I consider that a responsibility. I hear what you're saying that some people think that's relaxing. I just don't want my nails to look like crap. So I get my nails done. But so this is for your thoughts and your, I love it. Go ahead. Continue. This is for your thoughts and feelings. So the comeback box is
1: four weeks. Mm -hmm. Each week has a different focus area. Okay. You're guided by a deck of cards and each day you're meant to do one card. Mm -hmm. And they only take five minutes. I'm only asking for five minutes a day. Perfect. Um, But again, it's very interesting to watch your relationship with the box. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't find five minutes for the box, it starts to show
0: you what is coming between you and taking care of yourself? each Exactly. Day? Oh, perfect. I love this. Perfect. Perfectly said, because it's the truth. How many times I've said to my own clients, you don't have five minutes to just sort of take a minute, just right. take a minute. I'm, I'm big on encouraging journaling and, you know, five minutes, right. My three sentences about what you might be thinking right this minute or feeling right this minute. And you have no idea how they, how many just don't do it. And, and I love that. And, and,
1: some people just, in my opinion, it was very important for the box to be physical and tangible. Do you, ma- ma- do you make the box yourself or do you have a, you do? Yes, I do. Um, so, and I also very much enjoy that, but I do know at a certain point with the company, I, I won't be able to make each and every box.
0: Let's put um, that out in the universe that this is going to be so big that you can't make each
1: individual box. Exactly. Um, so you're guided by a deck of cards and I love that, that you're into journaling because each day I may ask you to do a few different things. Mm -hmm. One may be journaling, answering prompts and questions directly from the card. I give you a bracelet to wear sort of as, as a string around your finger and maybe asking you to observe things throughout the day. Uh uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Another is taking an action. Mm -hmm. doing something that day Mm -hmm. and another is having an experience with physical gifts that are inside the box so each day I'm distilling a book behavior economics principle program Mm -hmm. I'm distilling a book or something like that into a card to make it quick and easy right yes and I'm asking you to integrate it into your life in a few different ways Mm -hmm. And these objects and gifts inside the box, you are meant to place them around your home because they they correspond to what you're learning. Mm-hmm. And that way they can become reminders and
0: triggers for future positive action and feelings. Oh, I love it. So, and when you when you did your um, six months of research to your hundred people, obviously you got enough positive feedback that people found this. Because again, one of the things... It, even with the pandemic where we had so much more time since we were all shut in, it's amazing how people won't spend that five minutes to just whatever that might reflect on themselves and their feelings. So this sounds like a very good, accessible, easy, tangible because it's physical way to say, okay, I, I can take five minutes to look at this card, think about what, you know, Leah's recommending or what the box is recommending. Um, and people, are kind of kind of do it? I mean, has that been your for those that have bought it already? Do you, like, what's your feedback, been? So I, I think exactly what you're saying
1: about it being approachable, mm-hmm. right? very. Um, and when you talk about it's surprising that even though we have spent time by ourselves, some people aren't reflecting. I believe that a part of that is not just, I don't have the time and, and the things that
0: they're telling you, mm-hmm. but reflection can be challenging. A hundred percent. True. Yep. You have to be, you have to be brave
1: to and go in there. You do.
0: And, um, the box
1: is very much designed in a certain order so that we're, <clears throat> we're kind of building that muscle each day, but we're starting with, with
0: simple things before mm-hmm. we're done. I, I call it emotional muscle when I'm trying to work with clients. I go, you know how you people are work out? Well, you have to build your emotional muscle too. Yes,
1: exactly. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so taking just a little bit each day and going in, um, the feedback that I heard was a lot about, I, I write all of the cards in first person. Hmm. So it's, wow. all, it's all written from me to you because I, I very much don't want you to feel alone in the process. And I want you to feel that someone is going through this with you. Um, so
0: beautiful. I'm going to cry. Go ahead. I, lo- I
1: love this. And so I'm often talking about my own journey or using mm-hmm. stories from my own life and personal anecdotes. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I address you throughout the box mm-hmm. and good morning friend and spoiler alert, like as you get deeper into the box, the, um, the names I'm calling you become more friendly mm-hmm. because we are developing a deeper relationship. Mm-hmm. We, yep. through this, And so the, the most surprising piece of feedback that I got was I was really doing all of the research to make sure that the content was impactful mm-hmm. and that um, people were getting enough out of this and it was really making a positive impact on their life. What I heard was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Content was great. The thing that was the, made the biggest impact on me was the voice and, and the person behind the cards... And everyone was assuming that I was going to become this public facing, Mm um, kind of coach or person who, who was gonna, um, be, I don't know, a public figure. Uh Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest surprise to me because I thought I was making a product. I had no intention of, you know, doing interviews like this, I'm a very private person. Mm-hmm. And that was honestly, the biggest pause I had with the company. Wow. Was, eh, am
0: I comfortable with this? Mm-hmm. I I hear you. I don't know if you've ever um, read uh, or heard of Duchess Skullblatt. Do you know who she is? Okay, so Duchess Skullblatt is uh, she has a book called Becoming Duchess Skullblatt. So I'll plug to her. Um, And she started a Twitter account maybe, I don't know, five, six years ago. And she came up with that name. I can't remember exactly how, but because she wanted to be totally anonymous. And she just started tweeting out things. This is probably four or five years ago when particularly when our country was in the height of what happened over the last four or five years and all about loving. And she calls the people that follow her pet, rascal friend. And she wrote a book and a client of mine gave me the book and I just finished it a little while ago. And it's just, it's heartwarming. It's open. It's completely anonymous. Nobody knows who she is. I'm sure her closest people, but I don't know who she is. Nobody knows who she is, but I was so touched that I decided to, I've never been on Twitter a day in my life. Let me just say that. But it was such a touching book and so heartwarming and, um, and, and loving. And, and she reached and she answers everybody that tweets her was what she said, um, back when it started, but now she has, I don't know, like 60, 70,000 followers. I don't know, but I went ahead and I did, I tweeted her, I figured out how to do it. my son helped me, whatever. And I, I said, I, I just read your book. Loved it. I wish I had known you five over the last five years, not an hour later. Did I get a tweet back that said better late than never. So happy that you're in my life now, my pet. Wow. So, so what I'm saying is, I don't know that that was her intention. Like when she started this, cause she too seems like a very private person. Um, but yeah, so you never know how your voice, and this is true for anyone that's listening, can impact the next person. You just don't know. So what you're doing sounds like people are feeling it. And it sounds like you're inside yourself feeling good about what you're doing. I mean, how let me how are you feeling about what, what you're doing? Let me go back to a therapist. How are you feeling about what you're doing? <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm feeling good.
1: Yeah. Feeling okay. good. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that was a bit of an inner journey that I had to go on and kind of put the mirror up in front of my thoughts and feelings and asked a lot of questions about, well, why am I so resistant to this? Mm -hmm. Um, it was, you know, we all have blind spots and it was obviously a huge blind spot. I mean, when everyone was telling me, um, that these were their expectations mm-hmm. because I'd written the cards in first person. And yes, very much. They want to, they want to talk to you now. They want, they want to write people, you a letter. People yeah. want to know who's behind this box absolutely who, talking to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a, you know, blind spot and we all have them. And, um, for me, it was really about, I think at the end of the day, the, what pushed me into being comfortable with it is I'm asking people to try new things. And mm-hmm. I'm asking people to take on things that are going to be a little bit uncomfortable for them. Yep. And maybe it's only fair that I step out of my comfort zone too.
0: Chris, Leah, one, I thank you for sharing that. I think, and that is the truth. We all, I've told everybody when I started doing this podcast, believe me, so out of my comfort zone, but I had a feeling inside like, okay, maybe I have something to offer if I can make this happen. And then Noah came along and as things will be. And I went, okay, let's let's do this. Um, So yeah, no matter what stage of life we're at, if we're willing to reflect and like you said, go outside a little bit of our comfort zone, we will grow and actually will feel probably a little bit more alive and good because we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. So have you actually um, communicated with anybody that's got the box like in an email or? Yes. So um, I'm very active with
1: everyone who oh, you are? Okay. does the box. And um, when you do the box, you actually are invited into a private group of everyone. Oh. I call them unboxers who are doing the box. Love it. So that you have direct one-on-one communication with myself, but mm-hmm. also there's a sense of community and everyone can be sharing what they're going through because um, I think everyone who's on this journey has something to share and value to bring
0: to that community. I totally agree. Amazing. 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 So how's, how's it going? How's, oh, first of all, we should tell If people are interested in the box, is there like a website and... Sure. Uh, So you just go to Mm
1: www.theboxco.store. Okay. And you can learn about the box. You can purchase the box. I also created the self-discovery box, which is the first week. So if you want to try it out, that particular week is all about inner reflection. Mm -hmm. Um, So it can be done on its own, but it can also be used to see... If you like this and if mm-hmm. you want
0: to continue, you can go
1: purchase the rest of the cards and and gifts.
0: So there's different um, levels of what of commitment, and I'm guessing different prices as well, so that people can decide how much they want to commit both time and money. Exactly. If you're not ready for the full 28
1: day cleanse, mm-hmm. um, do do a week and okay. see how that feels. Um, I also have an Instagram account at the Boxco Story. Okay, um, and there I'm sharing self-care for your thoughts and feelings. Um, I also host, and I'd love to bring you on if you're interested. Of course. I started an unboxing series where I bring on a guest to unbox their expertise in
0: personal growth. Um, Be My pleasure. Are you kidding me? I would love it. This is everything you're doing. I'm so supportive of and, you know, um, You know, as I told you at the beginning, so I'm just going to tell the listeners, I already bought a box, you know, for a friend of mine. Um, So um, and, you you know, I know you have a website. Uh, I just want to make sure we got it out there. So and it's very user friendly. I was very impressed with how easy it was to navigate and to purchase the box. And um, hopefully my friend will. And then now I may have to buy one for myself as well, because I think it just sounds like so amazing. Well, thank you so
1: much. You know, that that is a really interesting kind of insight about the box is people tend to buy it more often as a gift than for themselves.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I may have to change that up here a little bit and get one for, cause Hey, I think no matter where you are, I, I think I'm a pretty self-reflective person on a regular basis and I journal regularly, et cetera, but you know what? There might, I, I'm, I'm to myself, I'm always looking for another uh, vehicle or another way then maybe from what you're saying, I'll see something differently in myself because I, I do feel that not just for me, but for many people, the pandemic, I mean, I know there's been a shift in, in who I am and, and in some, in some ways, and that's, that's continuing. That's not just happened. Like, okay, now we're, I would say we're almost out of it. I don't know if we are, for now, not, but anyways, um, so, yes, yeah, so, and I think that's been true for many people. Many of my clients have said that, you know what, I kind of enjoyed staying at home. And what does that mean going forward? And I just think that people are who are on the path of self-awareness and and are reflecting are examining. So what's what's next for me and in, in life? What and it doesn't have to be anything big or dramatic. It could just be I like spending more time at home or whatever. So um, but your box sounds like a really nice um it's not a vehicle, but like a, a good way. I'm not coming up with the right word of what I want to say. Um resource for sure. Um, sure tool. Tool. That's uh, a good word. Yeah, good tool. That's the better word um, to do that. So it's just fabulous. So I just think it's great. Well, I really appreciate that. And you
1: know, when you're talking about the pandemic and, and the mm-hmm. journey people are going through, it it's been a very challenging time and there's yes. been a lot of tragedy. Um, throughout the past years and I also think that it's a very unique time Mm -hmm. Um, and it has had some benefit because I think mother nature kind of literally asked us to go to our room and think about what we've done and where we are and where we want to be
0: and I I think that Sorry, go ahead. I'm laughing because I literally have told like when, you know, clients look to me for hopefully, hopefully they do. They respect wisdom. And I have said, because again, I'm on the spiritual path for 40 years. um, I literally feel that what has gone on. And again, I'm not going to, this isn't a really political show, but what has gone on the last four years, not just in our country, five years, but in the world that really the universe went, you, what is going on with human beings? You all need a major Time out. That's what I say. You guys need a time out and you better think really hard about what you're doing because you're ruining yourselves. You're killing each other. There's no togetherness. You're ruining the climate. You're, you're just, what are you doing here? I put you on earth to be a, in in my opinion, in a place of love and growth and giving, and you're, you're reacting like ridiculous. So yeah, I agree. I think we, we, there wasn't, there was, and still is an opportunity, um, for growth here and major change in the whole human race. And I, I pray every night that we'll do that collectively. So this, what you're doing to me is part of that, like healing. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it's very much
1: the intention because I do believe when you go through something difficult, mm-hmm. that creates the opportunity to come back stronger. Agree. Um, than you ever were before. And you would ask for an example of one of the cards and, and I'll share this with okay. you. Um, one of the cards is talking about butterflies and it shares a lot of information about how rare
0: butterflies are. For You're instance, just, I didn't know that. Sorry, go ahead. i was just going to say in the law of synchronicity, my son sent me a picture of a butterfly yesterday. Just saying, oh, wow, Isn't that crazy. So I thought you would like this. Amazing. Yeah, and now you're talking about butterflies. Go on. <laughs> so I didn't know this, but until I started researching about
1: butterflies, but they laid millions of eggs in their okay. life. And only about 1% actually turn into butterflies. Oh, really? So when you see them, it's actually quite rare. Oh. Um, that, that it's gone and become a butterfly. And one of the most beautiful things is when they create their chrysalis. hmm and they go into that cocoon. Um, if they were in there and you wanted to help them get out, if you cut even the tiniest sliver in the chrysalis to try and help mm-hmm. them, when they came out, they wouldn't be able to fly. Right. I've read that, that somewhere. Yep. It's actually the struggle mm-hmm. in the chrysalis to get out. Yep. that makes them strong enough to fly. hmm and so on this particular day, I had an artist create a painting of the, the caterpillar in the chrysalis. Mm-hmm. And I give you, um, a coloring pencil because coloring can be very like de Yep. Yes. And just think about and reflect on what are all the struggles in your life that have made you and turned
0: you into the beautiful creature that you are. Oh, I love that. And that's so true. Uh, and that is exactly true so that's how again when i look back on my life too every struggle at the time of course ugh, but then when i look back if i didn't go through that i wouldn't be who i am today so even when you're in the midst of it and it seems like ugh, will i ever get out of this um this you have to know that you will and it, depending on how you manage it and deal with it, and the support you get, and learn from it, you will come out better, stronger, and hopefully give something back from what you learned, which is exactly what you're doing. So thank you so much, Leah. What a pleasure. I'm love to be. I'm going to buy a box for myself now. Just saying. <laughs> I, lo- okay. I love it. No, I love it. Love it. Love it. And I think what you're doing is um, amazing. So I end every podcast with a quote, uh, about purpose. And, um, here, this is, you know, what I, here's what I love because this is, this to me talks, talks, speaks about what you're doing, which is you did this because you felt a strong sense of, um, wanting to give back and, and helping. And you, I can see from how you're talking about it. You love it. And you're liking the feedback that you're getting and it's growing. So it says, if you have a strong purpose in life, you don't have to be pushed Because your passion will drive you there, and that's by Roy T. Bennett. I don't know who Roy T. Bennett is, but I just thought it was a good it was a good quote. So love it. Thank you. You're welcome. So thank you. Thank you so much. What you're doing is amazing, and um, I, I feel like you and I for sure. One, I'll be happy to be on your unboxing thing. Um, and yeah, I think you're terrific. So keep up the great work. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me and for hosting this. This Oh, my, my pleasure. And thanks again. All right. So till next time, this is Janice Alpert. Um, hopefully you're doing your life with purpose and on purpose until next time then. Bye-bye.